like a wise man once said, Oh, yes, it's another edition of Draped in Gold, your WhatsApp shop for NXT content. Hello, boys here, but as always, I'm not alone. I'm being joined by the guy who's doing so many things at once. I had to sign him to a long-term deal to make sure he shows up. The real Jack Farmer, what's going on, sir? Speaking of deals, I can't wait for my lawyers to be in contact with you about your Ah, uh, Yes intro. I don't know what you mean. It wasn't copyrighted. It wasn't trademarked. I looked it up. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for checking out the show. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Trovo, um, and I think wow. on other pages as well. But we're not on LinkedIn because LinkedIn turtle healed on us. That's why we had to start a little bit later because they had this whole timing issue. Apologies for that. Episode 107 of Draped in Gold, or is it episode two? I'm not really sure how we're going to count this one. But Jack. Very universal championship WWE. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. I was like, how do you? How, how would you count this? Is this episode two or, or is this episode 107? I don't know. We don't. We don't have the title that's been around for a thousand. He's been holding for a thousand days anymore, but we also want to keep that record running. So we're going to do a little bit of both. <laughs> right, exactly. Imagineering. Uh, make sure you hop on the, uh, the commentary with your comments in the commentary box and make sure we highlight your comments as well. But <sighs> intros out the way. Huge episode of NXT, a lot of announcements, Gold Rush, all that jazz, we'll get into it. But let's talk about not even the main event of this week, but the main event for next week. Seth Rollins is going to come to NXT to take on Braun Breaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. Is this a good idea for the architect? No, not at all. I mean, getting in, going down to Braun Breaker's house and trying to get into a fight with him, Braun Breaker is is doing exactly what you want a new young up-and-comer to do. I love the aggression. I love the fact that he's got Seth Rollins rattled. You could hear it in his voice when he was talking in that promo. The fact that Seth Rollins didn't actually show up when he was supposed to. You know, I think Seth Rollins was saying, I'm going to come next week because he's too scared. He couldn't bring himself to show up this week. He's trying to figure out a way out of it. Wouldn't surprise me if next week Seth, Seth Rollins is saying, I got sick or I'm hurt or I need some time off. I can't make it. Shucks. Maybe next time. Shucks. Prepare to see <laughs> the architect of excuses next week when he doesn't show Whoa. up. But Braun Breaker, I think, as he said, meaner than evil. I think this guy is doing everything you want to see from someone who is clearly the next big thing. Hold on. Maybe, maybe he called me old funny duddy, but the pup face gremlin, maybe bit up more than he can chew. <laughs> Why? I hurt my feelings, Jack. It really does. <laughs> How dare you call me a funny duddy? No, but let's be honest here. I mean, you're supposed to be top of the food chain here in NXT. You're not the champion, so you can't be the top by definition. And now you're shooting. You're not even going to Raw. You're shooting off challenges on Tuesday nights. Is this actually a smart move? I don't think so, man. I got to say, Brown Break looks pretty desperate right about now. Desperate. I mean, there's a reason that the world champion is coming to Braun Breaker's house, right? <laughs> Braun Breaker's not going to Raw. Braun Breaker's not going to SmackDown. Braun Breaker's saying, look, if you want to call yourself the best in the world, you got to come through the dog pound. And I don't think that Seth Rollins <laughs> is going to be able to make it through. He's going to come into he's going to come into the yard of that dog face gremlin looking like a mailman with T-bone steaks in his pockets. I think that Braun Breaker is going to eat Seth Rollins alive again if 
Seth Rollins actually has the guts to show up. I think he's going to make an excuse. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Braun Breaker is going to get, again, some doctor's note in the mail, and Seth Rollins is going to try to push it aside because I think Seth Rollins is, frankly, just too smart to try to defend that title against Braun Breaker. You got some comments in the chat. Dylan Matthews, our prime Australian correspondent, says, Braun Spray 10 artists did him wrong this week and every week, Dylan. Uh, and Mike Wexler says, Sock Monkey Mike, uh, Seth Rollins is doing what CM Punk did in 2011, but worse. You know what, Sock Monkey Mike? The disrespect is high, much like not me having on your show. But Jack Farmer was on your show. Yeah, we had a great chat on your story. He said he only likes to have important people on there. So shoot for the stars, Flobo. Speaking of important people, our main event this week was Barrett Corbin against Ilya Dragunov. And I mentioned Ilya Dragunov because Jack says he's the most reserved and checked of his emotions character of all time. But there seems to be this happening with Carmelo Hayes in the background and Braun Breaker as well as too. So question I have for you is this. Thoughts about the match of Braun, uh, Baron Corbin and Ilya Dragunov. But on top of that, the top of that NXT's card is looking pretty crowded now about these days. Well, I... I do want to give Dragon off his flowers here because I think that he did a great job. He's as tough as they come. We've all known that. He's as hard hitting as they come. We all know that. And as I was watching this matchup, it definitely felt like we were getting a preview of what Dragunov may look like if he was to ever make the way over to SmackDown or to Raw. And he looked like he'd be, be very comfortable in that situation. I think that. You know, you and I, we were watching NXT UK for a long time, and that was one of our questions is, can a NXT UK person sure. make a transition? And we've seen that clearly they can because so many of the wrestlers now are from NXT UK. But this was Dragunov's turn to show, look, Baron Corbin is the embodiment of what a main roster wrestler looks like, and Dragunov looked like he fit with Baron Corbin in that match. Now, Baron Corbin too smart using the ring <laughs> and i've said a million times Dragonoff lets the emotions get the best of him in uh, every situation he should have taken a week off here he was hurt he was injured he should have said baron corbin let's fight next week but he let his emotions <laughs> get the best of him he got all worked up he let baron corbin pull all of his strings here and he even got to the point where in the middle of the match, out of nowhere, Dragunov attacked Braun Breaker for no reason whatsoever. For and no reason. That's why he was hurt. <laughs> he was hurt because Braun Breaker hurt him last week. If he was able to hold his emotions in check, he would have put that to the side. He would have said, I'll deal with that later. And he probably could have gotten the biggest win of his life against Baron Corbin. But instead, again, let the emotions get the best of him. Lost the match, looked great in it, but now Baron Corbin, our number one contender. And Flobo, I think that we all would agree that Baron Corbin was the number one contender the second he walked through the door, but now it's official. Fair enough. Uh, two men in the matchup, nary a knee pad between them, and Baron Corbin is now the new number one contender. But I got to ask you this, then, because you had Ilya Dragunov get attacked by Braun Breaker, got attacked, got attacked by Braun Breaker. Uh, you got to think if Braun Breaker is going to get his receipt next week when he faces Seth Rollins, right? It's going to come full circle, as the kids say. This is why our show gets the flack it does, Flobo, because you spin We get flack? Things. Yes! <laughs> we get flack! You, you spin things and you assume things spin. and you make up narratives that fit your narrative. Wow. We did we see Braun Breaker attack Dragunov? We yes. saw the end of a scuffle. Now, looking at how both of them are, Braun Breaker, he's 
he's tunnel vision. He wants Seth Rollins. I don't think he has any re- he doesn't care about Dragunov, but but Dragunov, the emotional guy that just got put in his this again going back to last week, the emotional guy that just got put in his place on the microphone by Baron Corbin, probably all stirred up, probably all upset, probably got in the way of Braun Breaker and frankly, I think Braun Breaker was probably just trying to control the situation and accidentally hurt Dragunov. <laughs> Oops, you know, it's just all these accidents are happening, not in the parking lot anymore. I'll get to that later, but in the ring, just my mistakes, right? I mean, that was, I think that's what really happened there. And I mean, if anything, Dragunov's lucky that that's all that happened. It was, it was an accident. Braun Breaker trying to calm down the most emotional person on the roster. Uh, it, it's what happened. <laughs> Inconsolable. That's what he was. Yeah. I mean, I do agree with you. Security should have handled it. You know, they should have had security there. But as you mentioned about like the parking lot and things like that, it's it's just a running issue that NXT has had for a long time. That their security is just understaffed. Uh, last note on this, <laughs> besides yeah, the staffing security. Last note, uh, my favorite. This is new- all about HR. This show, right? Right. <laughs> let, let the office know. Um, I loved when there was a, a near fall and Booker was like, "Wow, I was packing up here." And I was like, "I bet you were, Booker. <laughs> I bet you were packing up your things uh, for was- the rest of the match." Oh my gosh! He actually uh, had a really good line in there at one point where he said something. It was. It wasn't this match, but it was kind of an inspirational quote where he said. Uh, preparation is the only kind of luck you're ever going to get or something like that. Oh, that does sound pretty, like, pretty noble. I was like, that's actually a very, very good, wise advice from five times. <laughs> that's what you call him? You're on, the, on a five-time basis with Booker T? Yeah, I call him five-time. Uh, what does he call you? He calls me Farmer's Market. <laughs> <laughs> I would not think those words are coming out of his mouth. Farmer's Market! I don't see it coming at all. But yeah. we got to shift gears to the women's division. Uh, Thea Hale, who has been under the instruction of both Chase U and the consortium of Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak. I'm not sure if it's catch point. I call it catch point in my notes, but that's me putting on old gimmicks of the new things. Um, had a match against Cora J, the re- Jade, the resident mean girl. But before her match, Cora got into it. Dana Brooke and Dana Brooke had receipts. Walk me through this. Thea Hale, the number one contender for the women's NXT championship. But Cora Jade has been her grudge match on the horizon. Well, let's talk about Cora Jade in this situation first. I love this. I love what she did here because this has been Cora Jade's locker room. This has been Cora Jade's division. This has been Cora Jade's brand. And when she sees someone like Dana Brooke showing up and trying to muscle in on her territory, I like that Cora Jade didn't just sit back and let her do what she wanted. She didn't just sit back and let her try to call her shot at a title match or something like that Cora Jade walked up slapped her in the face and said this is my division this is my locker room and you only get the scraps that I leave you I loved that about Cora Jade I think this was just a very good move on her part and I think that's the kind of attitude that why she has been able to take control of this division you just go around slapping people for respect you don't even show people what you're good at or have matches and win them. You just smack around veterans. That's that's you could this. Although someone walked into your house right now and said, by the way, I'm running this kitchen now. What would you do? You wouldn't just be like, well, let me see what they're all about. <laughs> I don't wrestle. <laughs> that's not the same. Why are you in my kitchen, Jack? Uh, I have no so idea. Now that I think about it, 
probably a better cook than me. Might be a guy <laughs> in the kitchen. Well, let, well, let him cook, as they say. Oh, oh wow. who says that? But the kids. Speaking of, shout out to James Lott Jr. who got me this uh, slang of word of the day calendar. This today's word is grifter. Jack Farmer is a grifter. There you go. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Thea Thea Hale, though, got the win. And Thea Hale has some really good coaching. But Duke Hudson has a bit of concern. What's up with that? I think that Thea Hale's coaching has been incredible. As you notice, even this week, what I loved about them is that they're not – they don't just take a victory as a victory, Gulak and Dempsey. They're not just like, hey, you won. Let's celebrate like Chase U seems to want to do. But they say, let's stop. And let's figure out a way to get better. I love that they pointed out the weaknesses in Hale's game and so that she could work on them and become even better. And really, it came down to their teaching and how she got the win with that Kimura lock. Don't tell me that was a Chase U teaching. That was absolutely a Dempsey and Gulak teaching here. But there's one thing I didn't like about this flow. Just one thing. One thing that just stood out to me was not a big fan of this. And... It was the way that not only did Chase U want to go right into celebration, but they're cocky. They're arrogant, that group. What? They're, they're sort of full of themselves. Right now, Thea Hale, she has an opportunity at the championship flow, but this is all you wrestle for is to become the champion. But they have her trying to run victory laps against someone as dangerous as Cora Jade. Why is she risking herself in a match like this? She should be challenging for the championship this week why is she waiting for next week she could have got hurt in this match something could have gone wrong in this match Cora jade could have won and made the championship committee change their mind over who gets a title shot this was a wildly dangerous match with no upside and again i think it's just the arrogance of chase you that put her in this situation so i think you're high on Cora jade i'm very high on Cora jade that leads to this week's general manager pick him that's where i ask general manager theoretically of NXT, Jack Farmer, what he would do if he's in charge of the roster here. General manager picking for this week is this. You have Cora Jade on your theoretical roster. Would you trade her for Meechan on Friday Night SmackDown? No. It means Cora goes to the OC and Meechan's on your roster. No, I would keep Cora Jade. I think Cora Jade is has youth, talent, and just a ton of charisma on her side. She's someone you can build a division around. I would stick with Cora Jade. Well, Jack does not want Cordae to be in the OC because he hates violence. Uh, that's a sad thing to say, to be honest with you. It's very true. I hate violence. <laughs> really? You'll notice I never I never back violence on this yeah, show. Yeah, you never back up anybody. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking about violence, though, let's talk about this handicap match that just raises a bunch of questions. Daba Kato, that I guess three months ago was really, really mad at Apollo Crews but can't even buy a win, elected to have a handicap match against Axiom and Scripps, and Axiom and Scripps won with circus moves. What? Jack Barber, walk me through this one. What's going on with Axiom and Scripps? I mean, this this was a bad situation for everybody involved, right? I mean, Dabakato in a handicap match, the odds are against you. I know he's bigger than the two guys, but two guys against one are always going to be have the advantage. But at the same time, Scripps and Axiom, they get the win. But do you really feel like they're more of a threat after beating one guy together? I think that this was a situation where no one really came across uh, very well. But uh, Dabakato still seems dominant to me. And and Scripps and Axiom, they seem like they've got another problem. Maybe a little more lethal problem. 
I, I'm not even sure if they're still lethal or Lotharios, but Garza and, and your favorite draft pick on Berto Carrillo show up. And they're on NXT too. I guess they're free agents. I really don't know how the free agent thing worked because Dana Brooke was a free agent, but she's a free agent. This free agent to show up. But anyway, they attack Scripps and Axiom after this. Now, in my notes, I had Axiom deserves better as a singles competitor, but it looks like they're going to be in a tag team situation. Axiom and Scripps is. Do you want to see this match? And in what capacity? Los Lotharios against Lotharios, excuse me, against Axiom and Scripps moving forward. Of course I want to see it. I mean, you've got uh, Garza, who was someone I've always been a big fan of. And of course, Umberto Correa. I don't know if running out of pins on that guy, but <laughs> Call the, uh, that's a deep cut. The <laughs> I think that those two guys have such a bright future. They're so talented together. They work together so well. They've got so much charisma. I'm very glad that they are back on TV. It is unfortunate that it's going to be at the expense of Scripps and Axiom. And as I said before, if they could barely beat one guy on their own, how do they think they're going to beat two guys? This oh. is, it's, it's something that Axiom and Scripps, I think, have a lot of talent, but they just need to find a way to get things clicking better than they have because if they can barely beat one person, I don't see them beating two people. Yeah, but am I right though? Do I, is there more no. for Axiom though? Oh, oh for Axiom? Yeah, there's Axiom. <laughs> Uh, you know, again, yeah. <laughs> we're we're NXT UK fans, so we know Axiom's origin story, we'll say. No, we don't. And, what are you talking about? And, <laughs> uh, I've always thought that he's someone that that you could do a lot with, that has a lot of talent. And so I'm a big Axiom fan. Um, I don't know if teaming up with Scripps is the right idea, though, Flobo. Scripps has had his share of ups and downs uh, over the course of his career. And if you're someone that's trying to get on the right track, you don't want to pair up with someone who's had ups and downs. You want to pair up with someone who's had ups. If uh, I'm, if I'm axiom between us, I'm saying Davacato, why don't you and I become partners? Why don't you and I work together? It's a good I don't L. want to team with the guy. I don't want to team with the guy that has had ups and downs and I'm on the same level as I want to team with the guy that's going to be better and help raise me up. Not, not my equal. Chad Dylan Matthews said Axiom was a kid when he was younger. Ah, waka, waka, waka. Mm. <laughs> well, it's said about that halftime period, so let's get into it. It's now time for my favorite segment. It's not time for Jack Facts. Jack Facts is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use promo code FLOBITO for $20 off your first order. These are true facts about my co-host, my partner in crime. Let's pick one at random. Let's go. Today's Jack Fact is this. DJ Jack Farmer actually plays Move Your Feet by the Danish pop duo Junior Senior at events disgusting How everybody <laughs> move your feet and feel united oh, oh, man, the, that's such a, a good song no it's not it's your trash you know it <laughs> it's so good everyone thinks it's michael jackson too but. That, that is actually true i don't know why it doesn't even sound close to michael jackson <laughs> uh moving on speaking about people uh, i can't stand who are grifters malik blade and he just don't know if they had it their one-on-one -on -one matchup which is pretty odd because they came out to the same music well, they were kind of friends and it was kind of a a cool exhibition match. It wasn't a Matt classic, but what happened after that set the table for Gold Rush. Jack Farmer, walk me through this. The tag team titles are going to be in the line in a three-way dance. Well, from what I say, from what I understand, it's a, a gauntlet match, and the winner gets a shot at the tag team title. Yeah. Right. So uh this is it's interesting because they all act like they're all friends, right? After right. their First off, they act like they're all friends, even after they beat their own partners throughout this the past few weeks. 
but then then they all act like they're friends together in the ring. But then when gold is on the line, when opportunity suddenly all that resentment and all that anger that they've been bottling up. Cause don't tell me that Idris doesn't have a little bottled up anger after getting pinned. Don't tell me that these guys who got pinned by their friends don't have a little bit of bottled up anger. They're saying, Hey, that sucks, but I'm just going to bottle it down. Cause I got to do the responsible thing. It's bottled up in there. And I think when gold came on the line, whether it was for hate for the other teams or hate for their own partners, I think, all those bottles busted open. And I think all that anger came out. And that's why fisticuffs started breaking out. Fights started happening. But again, we talked about him earlier. Los Lotharios. Right. Sitting up in the crow's nest, looking down. <laughs> You'll notice, you notice how even in all the chaos, their eyes were on the prize. They were thinking about gold. They weren't getting involved. They weren't trying to get shots in. They were letting these guys beat each other up so they could come and pick the bones later. Los Lotharios showing that they are exactly as lethal as we thought they were. Well, look, Gallus is also on the theoretical top of the food chain here in NXT. Uh, <laughs> I, I miss that theme song. I really do. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we have a little bit of a, of a gutting, right? Because we have Pretty Deadly being moved up to, to Friday night. So question I have, though, is the tag teams we have left are strong in the ring. But can each any one of these teams take down Gallus? Because the winner of that match goes on to face them. The only team that I think has a shot against Gallus that was in that segment was Los Lotharios. Dang. They're the only ones I think have it. And because I, as I said before, I know they're trying to act like friendly competition between partners has helped made these teams stronger. It didn't, Flobo. There's resentment. There's anger. <laughs> they're they're putting on a strong face because they know the cameras on. But I guarantee you. On the long rides from town to town, or while they're lying in the hotel room staring up at the ceiling, the ones that lost are all thinking to themselves, they're not happy about this. And even the ones that won, I'm sure, are saying to themselves, I guess I carry this team. I guess this guy's not as good as me. Maybe he's the Marty Janetti. Maybe I should find someone else who could be a better partner. This was not a good idea. They're they're trying to act like it's okay now, but these are the kind of things that completely shatter teams and looking at that ring may shatter the entire division. Hot take. Uh, I try to be positive on the show, but maybe, maybe I'm going to be a sourpuss here. Maybe I'm just going to be a, a stick in the mud, a wet blanket, but I don't believe in two or three of those teams. Of, of taking down gals it's not because they're not good it's just the gals is just so brutal <laughs> and they know and they've been tagging for so long that they may have the advantage when it's all said and done i mean put your emotions aside for a minute and just if you if you go down the tail of the tape right and you think about the different things that make a tag team good or hard to beat and you put gallus on one side and any of those teams on the other what advantage do any of those teams have over gallus i know? could argue that that Malik Blade and Angel Garza are faster. <laughs> that is pretty much it. Right. So that's two of all the people involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, um, there's a little bit of speed there, but also Gallus is, is they're hardened dudes. I mean, it's going to take more than high Excuse flying me? moves. What dudes? They're hardened. Okay. They're tough. They're strong. They're, oh, they're, oh, okay. They're able to, like, Okay. They're like made of concrete. You it's can't 10 a.m., Jack. I don't know what kind of language you're trying to sell me at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> just you don't know when people are listening. 
<laughs> Roxanne Perez and Tatum Paxley had a matchup, and I was starting to worry about Roxanne Perez being lost in the women's titles shuffle. They have to pick Tatum Paxley as well. But looking in the shadows is someone who basically admitted to creating assault in a parking lot. Blair Davenport wants a piece of the prodigy. Uh, well, I want to ask you what to make of this. You're Blair Davenport. You have everything at your disposal. You went into a whole crime spree, but now you're taking on, at one point, the golden child of the entire women's division. Why? Isn't that beneath a Davenport, Jack? Well, I said last week that Davenport did the impossible. She did the thing that no one else was able to do, and she made the most dangerous aspect of the WWE universe more dangerous in the NXT parking lot. This makes sense to me if I'm Blair Davenport because Blair Davenport is thorough. Blair Davenport mm -hmm. is someone who doesn't just do things as some people like to say willy-nilly. What she did here is she knows she is a Davenport. She is born to be a champion. She is mm -hmm. born at the front of the line. But while she was away for a little bit, people started talking about someone else. They started getting some rumbles about a Roxanne Perez and how she's the future. And she she's the one that in the future is going to be a big deal. But Blair Davenport says, I'm going to remind you that the future ain't here yet. It is still the present. And that means it is still time for Blair Davenport. That's what Wait, this is all about. Look, I like Blair Davenport as much as the next bloke. Because we saw her in NXT UK, but it really was Roxanne Perez this year. Uh, besides that, I guess on camera bout with anxiety. I'm not sure if that's a real thing or not. But but she is a prodigy. Dope theme song was the NXT Women's Champion. Beat Mandy Rose, one of the longest reigning NXT Women's Champions of all time. It's her year. To me, it just reeks of desperation. And I think Roxanne knew it. She grabbed the microphone, and was like, "You ain't nothing, fool." I, look, I'm not taking anything away from Roxanne Perez. There I just said she is the future. She is the future. She's incredible. She's going to have an incredible career. She's probably going to be someone who inspires a generation of wrestlers. She is everything as advertised. I'm just saying it's still Davenport's time. It's still Blair's time. She's still next up. She's still born to be the champion. It's very much like royalty, you know. Prince Charles couldn't be king until Queen Elizabeth passed away. I think that Roxanne Perez is going to have to wait until the queen of NXT, the Blair Davenport, moves on. That's a very deep cut because they're actually we used to be a queen of NXT <laughs> before they had the championship. But you know what? Yeah, you know, I kind of stuttered. I was like, oh shoot, there is isn't. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like Soraya <laughs> or Paige was like one of those. Anyway, uh, I don't want to move on quite yet because I feel like I am beating a dead horse when it comes to this. I think I am an okay eye for talent or these characters. I love seeing the ones I pick do well. And even the ones that don't do well, I'm like, well, there's some cool redeeming qualities about them. Hi, I'm Cesaro. But look. Where is Stevie Turner? Where is Stevie Turner? Fourth dimension, former number one contender, the NXT Women's Champion. I need to know where she is. We saw her debut about a month ago in NXT, and then poof, pizzazz. I want more. I want Stevie. If you can find her out, look behind every milk carton you can. Please get Stevie Turner back on my TV screen. She's too talented. Don't have her out on the bench. I agree. I'm a big Stevie Turner fan. I think she might be stuck in time space, which is the fourth dimension. <laughs> and it's, uh, but I, I'm a big fan of hers as well. She's someone else that we've been fans of since her NXT UK days. And yeah, I think that she's someone who needs to find a way onto television because she deserves it.
Yeah, she absolutely does. And oh, Dylan Matthews and Steve Turner do like you know those don't count. Dylan Matthews live events are great. If you can get a ticket, but I live two thousand miles away and I need to see Steve Turner live. Um, just another quick hit. Speaking of the women's division, what's the deal with Alara Valkyria, man? I remember when she was like traversing the Scottish Highlands, but now she's like taking jogs in Orlando at night. What gives? Well, she moves. She's not in the Highlands anymore. <laughs> Hey, anyway. that's that. Moving on. <laughs> I didn't speak uh, for the women. She, no, she's a very she's very talented. She was about to take the world by storm over in NXT UK before uh, her wings got clipped a little bit. Uh, but now she, I think she's just stateside trying to get a uh, get a footing, even though she flies because she's got the wings. I don't know. I'm a big fan of hers, but I think she just needs to find a way to get some momentum. That's even creepier. Like you beat an opponent and get a feather for each defeat with the idea that you want to fly one day. It just sounds so unhinged. Uh, yeah, that is. Okay. That should be. What, if she starts saying that one day, I will fly. I'm like, oh my God. She's crazy. Give her all the titles. Oh. <laughs> let's, let's talk about our opening contest. In some ways, uh, our, our co-main event here. It was a six-person tag, six-man tag uh, with North American title implications. We'll get to later. Schism, which... As a group has been together for a long time in the NXT 2.0 world, but hasn't really been much of a threat, takes on the uh, triumvirate of Mustafa, Mustafa Ali, Tyler Bate, and Wesley. Now, before I ask for the thoughts of the match, there is something that uh, Vic Joseph said. I said, Wesley is the greatest North American champion ever. Now, I looked it up, and he is the longest at 234 days. Jack Farmer, is Wesley the greatest North American champion? No. Carmelo Hayes with a bullet. Which, which, which reign? One or two? I can't remember when. when He's like, it doesn't matter, Flavio. They're both great. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think. Which one was the shorter one? Because he had like a short one, right? Yeah, I think the first one was the shortest one. Okay, yeah. then the second one is because, uh, yeah, he. I think Carmelo Hayes elevated that title. Carmelo Hayes is the the greatest North American champion of all time. That's not taking anything away from Wesley. I mean, he's still incredible too, uh, yeah. and he's done a great job with that championship. But come on, now it's it's. It's Carmelo. I, I, I will say that the um, I am the A champion. It was something that comes to mind, but there are some heavy hitters that held that title. Keith Lee, Ricochet, Johnny Gargano, uh, a, a dream we can't talk about for some reason. Roderick Strong, <laughs> Leon rubbed it for a couple of days back Adam in the Cole, pandemic. Baby. Adam Cole, baby. Uh, Carmelo Hayes' reigns were pretty much even. The first Swerve. reign, uh, yeah, his is 105 days. So Carmelo Hayes had two reigns, one recognized at 172 days, the first one, and the second one recognized at 101 days. So the second one was the shortest one. Well, I always say that it's it's also it's not just the amount of time you've held the title, but it's what you've done with the title. And I think Carmelo Hayes made that championship seem almost like the number one championship in the company. Uh, again, I think Wesley has been a great champion, but I think that what Carmelo Hayes was able to do with it is something that may not be repeatable. Yeah, I am the A champion. But let's talk about the match. Schism yep. can't buy a win these days. What gives? I think that you're looking at this wrong. No, I'm not. I mean, even Vic Joseph, one of their biggest detractors, even he was giving them credit for how they're the ones that brought together Ali and Bait and Lee. Uh, Bait Ali is what I think we should um, but even Vic Joseph was saying they're the ones that brought that team together. And, um, by the way, I wear it for a while, but we haven't done the show long enough. Jagger with the Hollywood Hulk Hogan tights. Gotta love it. Uh, but, um, I want to say you, you talk about how they can't get a win here. Flobo, they were cheated. 
They were outright mean? cheated in this no, match. Right. They had no. the win, no. but then some other ref butted in, stopped stopped what happened, stopped the count, and messed the whole thing up. I mean, this was a situation where they weren't legal. It was the correct call to make. If this wasn't planned, why was the referee there so quickly? Why were this... they just there hanging out? Who do you think, think time ref, keeps think that matches? Ref, that ref was, I think, clearly gambling on this match and trying to change things probably bet the bet the farm and didn't want to lose it and had to get involved but that was you let the referee who was in the match handle it like when you're watching basketball you don't have some referee that's not even in the game run out onto the court and start making calls that's just not how it works I mean, can you imagine you're watching the ufc and a, a referee jumps over the the cage and starts Calling things in the ring. Come on. Because that's, in the cage, both the legal competitors in Russ, that wasn't the legal competitor. That's 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 what happens. That happens in lumberjack matches, that, that happens in cage matches. It's that is for the referee in the ring to decide. <laughs> Dylan Matthews agrees with you, and I hate the fact he does agree with you. <laughs> he, he uses DraftKings for sure. DraftKings promo code. I wish we had a promo code for DraftKings right now. But here's, it's illegal in California. I tried. But go ahead. But but he, yeah, I tried too. I was <laughs> but Here's the issue with me with this whole thing. Flo okay. Bro. Tell and, me. And look, after the match, because I know you're trying to defend your guys because you play favorites on this show. You do. You play favorites. You have favorites, and you always try to defend them. And I let it slide. But <laughs> oh, later you. on, we saw these three guys hanging out. And you could see on Wesley's face. Wesley knew they cheated. Wesley knew that that shouldn't have been how it went. You could see it on his face. You know who was excited about it? Tyler Bate. Tyler mm. Bate was all excited about it. You know who else was excited about it? Ali. Ali. Ali was excited about it. And then you notice how they use that, that emotional pull. They, they kind of gaslit Wesley into setting up a match right after that. Hey, yeah, we're all fun. We're all chums. We got the win, right? N rink, wink, nudge, nudge. Why don't you put the title on the line? I'll be the ref. <laughs> Flobo, Wesley's about to get railroaded. Wesley is about to get railroaded. He's about to get thrown under the bus. He's going to lose that title. And before he knows it, Ali and Bate are going to be having a match for that title. And Wesley's going to be out in the cold. I hate the fact that I agree with you. It, it makes me physically ill that I agree with you, but that looks like it's going to happen. No one, no one wants to sign up to be a referee. Every time that happens in wrestling, that marriages and weddings are always a bad idea. I would not have said that if I'm the champ there. I got to keep your head in the swivel, but you're right. I, I think Mustafa or Tyler Bate or a combination of, of both of them or neither of them or one of them uh, are trying to get their way with the championship, but that's kind of sad. It wouldn't shock me if there was an under-the-table deal between Ali and Bate so that once Bate's the champion, the first guy to get a title shot is going to be Ali. I wow. think I think that's what's going to happen. I think Wesley, unless he figures this out, is going to find himself in a situation where he doesn't even realize he's outnumbered. And I think that Tyler Bate is going to become the champion soon. An underhanded British person? Sure, perish a thought. Uh, but we got to move on in the interest of time because we have a new Heritage Cup champion, I guess. Noam Dar, who had the cup, basically elected Aura Mensa to be proxy in a match against Nathan Frazier. Went all the way to round number five. And, well, metaphor is on the back foot. I got two questions, but I want to break this up one. Number one, thoughts about the match because you're shaking your head like it was a dang shame. It was a dang shame. I mean... First off, it makes so much sense now, right? We go back we go back to last week, right? And you see this just terrible video by Nathan Frazier about how he's talking trash about uh, 
Noam Dar, and he's being mean, being a bully, throwing out all these insults. Now we know why. It's because mm-hmm. he injured Noam Dar. Noam Dar was hurt, Flobo. <laughs> and and the fact that the, the title's on the line when the champ's not even in the ring. It was at, his idea. At, at best, Flobo. It was his idea. At best. Nathan Frazier is an interim heritage cup It, it was his idea. That's why I'm throwing the interim out there. You're an interim champion at best, Nathan Frazier. You can't beat someone who's not the champion and become the champion, Flobo. That, that's not how it works. He, it was his idea. It wasn't like Shawn Michaels said it. It was Noam Dar's idea, and he lost. He had his own Duchess of Queensberry rules, wait, 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 and wait, 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 he totally lost. What did you say? Shawn Michaels didn't say it was for the title? No, Shawn Michaels the, was not the guy the, who made the match. The person who the person who's official, who makes it official, the, he didn't right. say it was for the title? He So no. I guess it wasn't for the title. Flo. It was for the title. It literally was I for mean, the title. No, this, it, it was the, his rules. Nathan Frazier is an interim oh, champion no, at best. No, and the not. fact that Oro Mensen, I want to give him some credit, by the way. Oro Mensen, with absolutely no preparation time, still put on a great matchup. But Nathan Frazier, it's it's not it's not up to Noam Dar to make this match. He's yes, not it is. Do that. He can it's, a, it's, no. It's a Shawn Michaels is the person that needs to make it official. That's why Adam Pierce on right. He said, like, "I'll make it official." That's I, what I, he does. No one made this official. If at best, Dylan Matthews has it right. Interim champion Nathan Frazier. That's He's the not... interim Heritage Cup champion at best. And even that makes me sick because he did it by such nefarious means. You know what? I think we're at an impasse, but let me ask you this because I'm going to choke you through the screen. Uh, thoughts up. We've seen two of them now. Thoughts about the Heritage Cup rules on NXT Prime or NXT USA. Uh, is it great? Is it hit for you? Can it be improved? Yada, yada, yada. I... One of my favorite things about NXT UK was the Heritage Cup Championship. Uh, it was something that I wasn't sure about, but then as I saw a few of these matches, it really became one of my favorites. If I'm being honest, this one didn't play out in my favorite way. It's not my favorite all-time uh, Heritage Cup Championship match, not just because there was so much uh, illegal activity happening during it, but um, but the... The, the the way the falls came wasn't as dramatic as some of the previous ones we've seen in the past. Um, sure. This one was very fast paced. And I feel like we didn't get a chance to really let the rules of this kind of match settle in. Um, so uh, it, this is something that I really love and I want to see more of it. And I think the more we see, the more we're going to see more interesting and cerebral matchups. Still good. Still two great competitors uh, when Nathan Frazier is playing by the rules. But the... Uh, but I, I want to see that this happen more and more where we can get more cerebral instead of the more kind of uh, fast paced, like fast paced, bing, bang, boom, win, if that makes sense. You know what? This reminds me of of watching <clears throat> soccer, you know, in, in different countries or whatever. I think the British commentary made it better. I think Nigel and Andy made it feel like it was something else, something otherworldly. The dark set, too. Uh, no, no discredit to, to Vic Joseph. Some discredit Booker, but not all the credit to Big Joseph. But I, I kind of felt like it, it felt not the same. And I'm hoping that changes. I'm hoping it was just a bad week for your boy Flobito. But I really want Andy to be flown in <laughs> or T1 in every time there's a Heritage Cup match from now until the end of time. So, yeah, he was great uh, for calling those. You're right. I think there was a little bit of that. And again, I agree with you. No disrespect to the commentary team here, but because it is so special, I think, to the folks over in the UK, that kind of match style that. Uh, there's a little bit more heart to it. 
okay. possibly because it's 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 kind of like I guess if you know if the Cowboys played the uh, Packers in Wembley and they had a British announced team, they'd be like, yeah, they're throwing the ball, whatever. But if it was an American team, they'd understand the history yeah. and Don't all you. that. <laughs> i'm gonna go to trader joe's after this <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really american um a couple quick hits before we get out of here i gotta give a, a shout out to you uh a friend of the show cedric welton uh who actually had an xc podcast uh, i'm not sure if it's active now but definitely follow cedric welton on social media because one of his good um Scouts Lola Vice appeared on this week. She was on a level up for a lot of, of episodes, but looks like there's an alliance happening with La Madrina Electra Lopez. Tag team division when the tag teams are being unified, Jack. Good idea or nah? I think it's an incredibly smart idea. I think this is a brilliant idea. Uh, Electra Lopez had a lot of good alliances in her time. I think of Legado del Fantasma. I think that this is an incredible and smart move because it's an, a division that is still wide open, even with the merger of the titles is still wide open mm -hmm. and they can get to those titles very quickly with very little work. And I think that's just a smart and efficient move to get to the top of a division. But also once they get merged, it'll give them the ability to go to raw and go to SmackDown and elevate their value even further. I think that this is a wildly efficient idea and a wildly quick way to get to the very top smart move by these two. Got it. Got to give it out to the, the commentary booth right here. Shout out to Jan who says, I have no idea what's going on here, but it's hell entertaining. It's because Jack is wrong all the time. And uh, long term fan of the show, Lamb says, Have to wait until tomorrow to watch NXT, but glad you guys are back. And you know, I'm glad you always uh, were a fan of the brands, man, especially this guy here. He's a big fan of you. We're a big fan of you as well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I got a couple more questions for here. Uh, the whole Von Wagner, Mr. Stone thing, man. I love Dijak and Von Wagner, but the breakthrough is what we're all talking about. Von Wagner, trust Mr. Stone. I mean, it's it's sweet. It's nice. Friendship's great. I, you know, I I I think it's great that they're on the same page. I'm I'm glad that Von Wagner's finally learned to open up. Don't know how many matches it's going to win you. Wow! I, don't know how many I was waiting for that. Gonna get you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Dijak, someone who's also big and intimidating and dangerous, just like Von Wagner, coming off a loss. I don't know if I like him being that cocky about <laughs> getting a winner. Uh, so, not really a fan of. Uh, I'm not really a fan of how undangerous the situation was. I think if I'm Stone, I'd say Wagner, you need to trust me. Let's get a tag team together with Dijak and let's just run roughshod. That would be my plan if I'm Stone. You know, I, I want the best for every talent in NXT, but it does seem like Von Wagner is like doing the whole Lacey Evans thing. Like, I'm just figuring myself out. It's been like two years. Like, are you a monster? Are you conflicted? Are you a funny guy? Are you a serious guy? Let me know how to cheer or boo you, please. Uh, Von but Wagner, Dijak is cool. Southern Bell. Hashtag free Tony D looks like Chad Exacts Lorenzo is going to be a detective. Uh, thoughts about this storyline as it bubbles under the surface? Um, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. Tony D, if Stax is your guy on the outside, you are in trouble. You're in a world of trouble. This is not a good place for you. I mean, as he's trying to add things up to figure out who's behind this and having trouble with it, 
that's telling me that Stax doesn't have a, a very tall stack in his brain, if you know what I mean. He's, oh, uh, yeah. he's he, uh, the who's behind it is obvious. It's very obvious. And the fact Fred that Davenport. he took that much yarn and that many pins in the cork board tells me that maybe Stax isn't playing with a full deck. And the worst part about it, though, Flobo, is now that he is figuring out that it's Gallus, what's he going to do about it? But yeah. What if Gallus comes up? What if he, hey, da Gallus, you got Tony D in prison, and they say, "Yep, do yeah. something about it." What are you? What are you gonna do? I I don't want to speculate what the family would do, but Gallus does theoretically have a title match on the horizon. It'd be kind of a shame if they don't make it out there. You know what I'm saying? Bada boo. But, but what? That doesn't help Tony. It, yeah, it does. Vengeance always helps people. That's how we do it. Tony still on this camera, though, you know? Vengeance doesn't matter about that. It brings them back. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a tough situation for Stacks. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'd be able to handle the situation, but I just if if I'm Tony D and I'm hearing about what's going on, I'm thinking Stacks is all on his own, having to deal with Gallus. He's in trouble, man. He oh, I man. I don't think he's going to be able to do anything about it. I got three more for you before we wrap this up. Damon Kemp complains backstage as last week uh, his loss against Eddie Thorpe, which I'm still trying to get used to seeing Eddie Thorpe. Uh, the one run, run it back. If you were Eddie or if you were Kemp, excuse me, what stipulation would you choose? My uh, my notes say the his his old name too. I totally messed up. Uh, Carl Fredericks. Or, yeah. Or okay, I was like other Stevenson. What's his other, what's Damon Kemp's fake name? Real um. Name. So uh, yeah, no, I have uh, I had I actually wrote Carl Fredericks in my notes here. Um, <laughs> But uh, one, I want to see these two guys go at it again. But I, you know what I love about Damon Kemp is is Damon Kemp um, is have, has a very similar thought process uh, to a very smart, very capable tactician, and that's me. What? It's the ref's fault. The ref's messed up, and I'm glad that Damon Kemp was like, "Look, I got the video proof. I got the receipts, man. What, the, what the heck? Reverse this. What's going on here?" And, and Flobo, I want to know why you're being such a hypocrite about this, saying that this shouldn't count when before you're like, "Yeah, other non-referees of the match should come in and change outcomes." Whoa. Why don't they say, "Look, we got the video evidence. Change the outcome." I'm not a hypocrite because I didn't say it shouldn't count. I'm saying they're going to run it back, and I ask you what stipulation they're going to choose. They now I'm a hypocrite. They shouldn't have to run it. They back. did. The win, the win should go to Damon Kemp. Okay. And okay. That's still, they still want to fight again. You run it back either way. It doesn't matter they, to me. <laughs> they wouldn't need to run it back. If Damon Kemp had the win, they're having to run it back because Damon Kemp was cheated. Uh, Dylan Matthews says David Kemp, the Stevenson brother that pulls up. Ooh, savage. And it's even as Bobby. It's looked it up kind of weird. And Lamb says, there's no VAR in wrestling. Oh, man. Imagine that. <laughs> the whole match just stops and we wait for 20 minutes. So <laughs> the official right. looks at him. Uh, I'm just for saying, an Iron Man match. Oh, yeah, uh, exactly. uh, I mean, I think I think what you have to do because referees continually get in the way of Damon Kemp's greatness and his ability to get his wins here. You need to find a way to take them out of the equation. So you need to have some kind of match. There's no rules. Maybe a last man standing match where um, at the end of the day, it's just the ref counting. You know, there's not much to it. Maybe a, a cage match where it's just escaping. Maybe it's uh, just a hardcore match. But something where you take the refs out of the equation. If I'm Damon Kemp, that's what I'm doing. Oof. Uh, speaking of people complaining, G.J. Dolan, Fallon Henley, both hit Keanu James on another alliance on the horizon? 
I'm kind of shocked that Gigi Dolan's so quick to just talk to Fallon and listen to her and hang out with her after all that Gigi's been through. She's got to learn. You don't trust anybody. You know, Gigi Dolan's too friendly. Like, quit trusting people. Quit letting them close. Quit talking about your problems. Realize that all these people are your enemy. All these people want to take you down. Don't don't act like just because Fallon Henley's being friendly that you can trust her. When she walks up to you and you're in the middle of studying tape, say, get away from me. Get out of here. Scat. Scram. Skedaddle. That's what Gigi Dolan should have done. Wow. I'm kind of surprised she hasn't learned to be more off-putting to people yet. Yeah, to see someone in tears. What happened? Jack told me to skedaddle. Oh. <laughs> we skedaddle saw... is pretty harsh. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you better apologize. Uh, we finally saw the main NXT promo package for Lucian Price and Bronco Nima. They attacked on a level up a couple times. Now, I guess it looked like they're two childhood friends who like to play dominoes, eat by a restaurant outside. Thoughts about this? This looks like Very a... similar to us. Yeah, you know, all the time, man. You know, mi gente. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Joaquin. Um, yep. Is there space for a bruiser team in NXT tag team division? Like, we've seen that with AOP years ago, but these guys are tanks uh, when it comes to that. I mean, if there's not space, they'll make it. You yeah. Know? That's the beauty of being a bruiser tag team. You, you don't need anything. You come in there and you take what you want. Uh, now, this is our first real look at these guys. We haven't seen them in the ring yet, and I know they're talking about how they're from the streets. But look, this is more dangerous than the streets. This is pro wrestling. We'll have to see how they stack up to some other folks that are trained at beating people up. And we'll have to see how well they can handle themselves in this situation. But they passed the eyeball test, and I'm excited to see them compete. Yeah, not one street was featured in that entire promo. But just putting – it was like a parking lot. But I'm just – I'm splitting hairs. Uh, did you want to go to the gold, gold rush, or did you want to wrap this up? What were you thinking? You're the boss, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Gold Rush is going to be a two-week extravaganza. It was announced by Shawn Michaels, the GM of NXT. Night one is going to have a stacked card. Check us out. Rollins versus Breaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. Jack, what do you got? Braun Breaker. We're going to have a new champ. <laughs> You're, no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, new champ, Braun Breaker. I mean, think about Braun Breaker's fresh. He's angry. He's got something to prove. Seth Rollins, he's singing and he's laughing and he's lying. He's got so many people lined up to come after him. I don't know if, if Seth Rollins, again, I say Braun Breaker assuming the match happens. I got a feeling Rollins is going to find a way to back out of it, but we'll see. Speaking about people being back in after title matches, the North American title is on the line as Wesley takes on that big, strong boy who's 25 years old, Tyler Bate with Mustafa Ali as a special guest referee. How's it goes down this time, Jack? We have a new NA champion. Wait, I wanted to make a... I had a million things I wanted to say. He's only 25. The guy's been in WWE for like 17 years. How does oh, yeah. The Tyler Driver 97 is the year he's born. That's why it's called the 97. That's so crazy that he's mm -hmm. so he's I feel like I've been watching him wrestle on WWE for so long. Yeah. He's, for, he's been five, five years. years old. That's yeah, wild. Uh, the UK title tournament was five years ago. So crazy. Anyways, best thighs in the game. This guy's gonna get the win. <laughs> What's that? Uh, he's got this top of the he's got every the, time. He's <laughs> got the um he's got Look, he's got the deck stacked against Wesley. I think Ali is going to help him get the win here. And I think that it'll, um, I think that this is Tyler Bates' time. He's going to get the win. Oh, talk about respect. Champion of the UK and the champion of the North America. I, I, maybe. We don't know. If Tyler Bates does it, you have to change alliances. If you All know. the countries of the Atlantic. International here.
Ah, I love it. That's like a double reference. Uh, it's all about the playground, the prison yard, and respect. You got Cora Jade, and this is the era of Jade against Dana Brooke. A gold rush night one. Thoughts? Cora Jade here. Cora Jade has the aggression. I think Cora Jade has the reason to want to win. I think that Dana Brooke, for Dana Brooke, this is a fun trip. This is just a fun opportunity to show what she can do on a different stage. Cora Jade, this is her life. This is her division. This is her locker room. And I think that that slap showed me everything that we need to know about this rivalry. Cora Jade getting the win. Dana Brooke needs a win, man. It's been like, what, two years, man? This is the last time I saw her? But not count the 24-7 title, but she's won something. Why not? Why not what? Why not count the 24-7 title? Uh, because WWE doesn't. Like, they didn't even like, retire it. It just disappeared. <laughs> just, so she's just still it off. I don't the know. Greatest twenty four seven champion of all time. By the way, smart of Dana Brooke. I got to give Dana Brooke credit here. She's so smart because she let us all forget about the twenty four seven championship. She never lost it, but you know she's not bragging about it or holding it. She's still holding it though. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that it didn't exist. And this is what she has done with the twenty four seven championship. Dana Brooke, very smart here, keeping that championship running. You sound like you have a blog of the dark web, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Our tag team division is going to find out who's going to be the number one contender as Hank dark and Tank. Jeez. <laughs> that's what I hear. Hank and Tank uh, gets brings the Jensen and Blade and Ophay uh, three-way or gauntlet, you said, uh, to figure out who's going to be the number one contender. Wait, maybe it's not a gauntlet. I'm sorry. I think I can – you know what? You're right. It is a three-way for a shot. I, I confused it with the um, – I think it's SmackDown is having the gauntlet. Yeah, SmackDown's having the gauntlet. Yeah. I, I apologize. That was my mess up. So it is a three-way. Um, and this one, I go Idris and Malik. Okay. Yeah, because they worked on the differences, right? Or because of what kind of reason? I think that they've been working together longer. I think they're the more polished team. I think they're the more balanced team as far as speed and strength go. I think their movement and their ability to work together trumps the other two. So I go with those two. Yeah, I'm with I you, I do think team. it'll end poorly for... Uh, for uh, a couple people in there, but I think Idris and Malik are going to get the win. Wow. Uh, as we uh, say adieu for this one, we had Gold Rush's two nights, kind of a precursor to the Great American Bash that's happening next month. But it's now time for my second favorite part of the show after my Jack Facts. Oh, it's the MVP of NXT. Who still got for you, Daddy? I think it's going to be really hard to pick anyone other than Braun Breaker. What? He didn't even wrestle. Didn't have to. But he's got the world champion, one of the biggest names in pro wrestling, making a trip all the way to see him to put the title on the line. It's like it's almost like a more powerful version of an open challenge, right? Because when Seth Rollins says open challenge, people come to him. But here, he's going all the way out of his way to fight Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker's getting a title shot, and Braun Breaker gets to go home to his own bed afterwards. I think that Braun Breaker really played his cards right and really showed that he's someone who can be at the very top of the food chain within all of WWE. Well, my choice is going to be Roxanne Perez here just because for all the reasons I said before. Here was somebody I thought was going to get lost in the shuffle after losing the NXT Women's Championship. She came back with a vengeance. Grudge match on the horizon to get someone who's been terrorizing the most dangerous place in all of professional wrestling, the NXT Park, a lot in Blair Davenport. Can't wait to see how is it going to unfold with Roxanne Perez. The Prodigy is my MVP this week, baby. Jack does not have a point, Lamb. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Lamb calls it down the middle. I mean, he's like Bill Alfonso, right so, down the middle. So for our audio listeners, Lamb says, Jack has a point. Ugh, 
Thanks yep. to Braun, Rollins with the brand new World Heavyweight Championship is coming back to NXT. This is big. Good guy, Braun. Good guy, Braun. Good guy, Braun. I hate this. Uh, what, I don't, what I don't hate, though, is this show. Second week back here. Let us know what you think about the program. And, of course, this is available on all those podcasting platforms, all the reviews, all the stars. Really, I, I check out every one of them. Make sure you're honest. Make sure it's all good. <laughs> but let us know what you think with comments below. Uh, Jack Farmer, you know, if I want to hang out with you for some reason after this, how I'll go about connecting with you online. The best way to connect with me is to follow me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Of course, I cover NXT here on Draped in Gold, but I also cover shows like WWE Raw on Wrestling Inc. And tonight I will be covering AEW Dynamite on Wrestling Inc. But something I'm really excited about is I'm going to be on commentary for Prestige Wrestling this Sunday. You can check it out on IWTV. Uh, it's going to be really cool. We got uh, some big time matches and some big names. We got the Motor City Machine Guns. Both of those Ooh. guys currently impact champions, world champion and X Division champion, as well as Roderick yeah. Strong is going to be there. Ty Volkery is going to be there. Lots of cool names are going to be there. It's going to be a great show, and you're going to get to hear this voice chatting over all of it. So tune in and check it out. Yeah, I'm not sure I will. I'll, I'll probably see it later. Um, shout out to Danny G, who's in the chat as well. And Dylan Matthews is really listening to the show at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning local time over there outside of Melbourne. Unless, is it Melbourne or is it some other cool town? Let me know. Uh, in Australia, always a big fan. It was one of the reasons why I came back to this. But before we wrap this up, just going to say the wrestling world lost a legend this week. The Iron Sheik uh, has been one of those characters that were larger than life. I know my dad and my uncles would tell me about what I used to do back in the day. I grew up watching his matches, was featured in the Rock and Wrestling uh, cartoon, which is a deep cut there, but I enjoyed his character there as well. He was 81. But, you know, Jack Farmer, it's about time for us to get out of here. So, as always, say the words. Do your best and be yourself. <laughs>